Hello and welcome to this episode of HBCU. I'm your host, D. Brown, CEO. Joining me on the show today is Dr. Malcolm Jones II. Malcolm graduated from Alcorn State University. Malcolm, welcome to the program. Glad to have you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, man, the pleasure is all mine. I want to jump right into the show and I want to just really understand how did you select Alcorn State University to be your HBCU of choice? Man, well, I, I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, so I grew up right around the corner from Jackson State University. Um, I, I could hear the band practicing each night as um, as I went to sleep. Uh, they would practice into the late midnight hours or whatnot. Uh, so I, I played football. That was my passion. I was kind of inspired. My parents took me to all the Jackson State games. Uh, my mother was a Jackson State alumnus. So I was inspired uh, to play the game of football by watching Jackson State. Uh, but when it became recruiting time, I, I had several scholarship offers. Um, and we went over to Jackson State uh, for a recruiting visit, my roommate and I. And W.C. Gordon was the head football coach. And um, on this particular recruiting trip, uh, the coaches told us, well, we have some guys in town uh, from from out of state. So so we're going to spend a lot of time with them. You know, you guys are local and you guys will be right here. Um, and uh, that that kind of turned me off. Um, so I ended up going a recruiting visit, which uh, Cardell Jones was the head football coach. He had just gotten a head football coaching job and he was working at Jackson State. So uh, he showed us a good time. Um, we, we saw that beautiful campus, the the, the serenity and the peace. And uh, we just, uh, my, myself and my roommate, man, we just made a choice to go to Alcorn. We thought that was the best, the best place for, uh, for us. Right. So talk to me about uh your first day on campus at Alcorn. Do you remember that day and kind of what was your experience that, that first day there? Yeah, I can remember that first day. Uh, my parents took me down and uh, I was nervous as ever um, about the new beginnings and, and, and uh, being a college student and a college football player. Um, it was very hot. You know, if you've ever been to Alcorn, it's, it's pretty hot out there. Um, you know, it, there was nobody there but football players, so it was it was pretty quiet. And uh, I mean, like you know, I, I I still love the campus to this day. They've made a lot of upgrades, yeah, and things of that nature. And, and uh, what I can reflect back on was just the the serenity and peace uh, that that was there when we arrived. Right. So, talk to me about football practice and what that was like at Alcorn. Uh, just getting accustomed, you know, going from high school to college, uh, that transition. And then also what position did you play? Well, I played defensive back. Uh, back. I played cornerback. Um, but that transition uh, from from high school to college, college was one of the roughest transitions that I ever went through. Uh, football practice at Alcorn was very grueling. Um, I can remember when we arrived, we practiced three times a day uh, when we initially got there. I think they've outlawed that now. Kids don't practice that much. But it was very grueling. Um, it, it was very intense. It was hot. Uh, your coaches um, would, would, wouldn't accept anything but the best from you. Uh, if you didn't get it right, you did it till you got it right. 
But um, the, the biggest thing that I can remember about going through that program was the, just the mental toughness that you had to develop. Uh, because if you weren't mentally tough, uh, you wouldn't make it. And, and to this day, if I can make it through three days at Alcorn, I can make it through any obstacle. There's nothing that uh, that I can't accomplish. Right, right. So, what was campus like? Uh, campus life like at Alcorn? Man, I had a ball at Alcorn. That's that's one of the few things that I've done in life that I say that I would do again. You know, I pledged Kappa Alpha Psi uh, fraternity uh, in spring '93, and, and what I went through that I wouldn't go through again. But uh, as far as campus life, man, I, I just can remember uh, being out on the campus. Uh, the, the first when the students arrived um, from uh, after two days and three three days and things were over, we had a big block party. Uh, you had the DJ, you had people out there cooking uh, and everybody was just having a good time. And that's that's one thing about Alcorn. Uh, it's a rural campus and uh, Man, you're talking about people who pull out a grill in a heartbeat. We, we put our money together. Uh, all the teammates, we'd put in $5, and we'd have big barbecues, uh, and we'd sit around and just enjoy each other. Uh, but the campus life was great. So you played football. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you were on two SWAC championship teams, correct? Correct. Uh, just walk me through. 1990. Uh-huh. 1992 and 1994. Okay. So just walk me through uh, those seasons and, and what it was like, you know, just the, the season, but the, also the feeling of winning a, winning a SWAC championship. Man, um, at that time, SWAC football was still, uh, what shall I say, you still had Division One athletes going to SWAC schools. You still had people being drafted. I played with several guys that were drafted. Uh, and played long time, long uh, had long careers in the uh, NFL. Um, but when I look back on it, uh, our first year, Coach Jones uh, took over. Uh, the previous year, the, the team was three and seven, and I think uh, our freshman year we were like seven two and maybe one or something like that. Um, and we had we had a lot of talent. Um, you had kids uh, that were very physically tough, athletic, um, and, and the conference was – there was a lot of parity in the conference. And when I think back on it, uh, every, every, every time that you lined up on Saturday, you had to bring your A game. Right. Was uh, McNair there during your time? <clears throat> yes. Uh, McNair and I were freshmen. We came in as freshmen together. Okay. Probably one of the most gifted athletes that I've ever played with. What What was it like playing alongside him? Man, you know, Steve was a he was a big old country boy. He's a big kid. He loved to have fun, uh, but he was super serious about football. He didn't he didn't speak much, uh, but when he said something, everybody listened. Uh, he was a warrior, probably the toughest guy I ever seen put on a football uniform, and uh, he could get it done. Uh, he could play football, baseball, anything he picked up. He was he was athletically gifted. Uh, he could dunk, dunk a basketball three sixty right under the goal without taking a step. Uh, <laughs> he could throw a baseball at a hundred miles an hour. You know he played for the Seattle uh, Mariners uh, also. But Steve, man, uh, he he was a good guy, hardworking guy. Would give you the shirt off his back. 
And uh, we had a good time, man. Really, we really miss him. So while you were uh, uh, on the football team at Alcorn, you know, obviously there are some big rivalries. Uh, talk to me about maybe the biggest rivalry that you all had uh, during your, your time at Alcorn. Man, Jackson State had to be the biggest rivalry. Uh, on the field, we didn't like each other. Uh, it was going to be very intense uh, from first quarter to, to fourth quarter. You know, off the field, you know, we, we would uh, we would be cordial with one another. But but that that game there, I think the coaches um, were intense. The players were intense. And, you know, uh, b- before all those games, they would always our coaches would always share with us uh, the, the stories about that rivalry, how coaches got to fighting before games, talking about Bob Hill and Marino Castle. And, and uh, you know, Coach Jones would always joke, you know, hey, I may start a fight on, on, on Saturday before this game starts. So uh, <laughs> that was that was a very intense rivalry. You look back uh, as as I look back, also Grambling. That was that was a big rivalry. Uh, you, you, we were playing the, the legend Eddie Robinson and, and and those guys. Man, I tell you, uh, they were some gifted guys, and he was a heck of a coach. And uh, we knew we had to bring our A game, and we saw them as well as uh, Southern University with Coach uh, Pete Richardson. Uh, he did a heck of a job over there. But those those were three big robberies that I could think about. So uh, you mentioned earlier that you are a member of the greatest fraternity on, on earth, Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. And I wanted to uh, yes, just sir. get you- <laughs> That's right, Noop. So I wanted to get your take on uh, <laughs> <laughs> on Greek life uh, on, on the campus of Alcorn. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, you know, Greek uh, Greek life was very vibrant. Everybody had their uh, their trees they sat under, and you know, you had your group, and they had their group. Uh, but one thing that I can say, we all got along. Uh, we went to each other's parties, and uh, you know, we interacted with with each other in a in a respectful way. Um, but the Greek life was definitely uh, a part of the the uh, the the life that made things great on campus. Right. So now you so you graduate from Alcorn State. Kind of take us on the your professional journey. Kind of what did you do after you left Alcorn? And and, and the next question okay. is also how did Alcorn prepare you for the uh, profession that you're in now? Man, well, I tell you what, and, and I shared this story with uh, anyone that I talked to about my journey. I never intended on being a, a teacher. Uh, a, a principal, a uh, uh, coach, none of that. Uh, I had no no aspirations for that. You know, my undergrad degrees were in biology uh, and, and my master's and my undergrad were in uh, in biology. So I, I thought I would be doing something else besides this. And, and the reason that I say that, uh, my dad was a teacher for 30 years. He was a math teacher. And every time I asked my dad for some money, he would always tell me to ask my mom. He never had money. And, you know, as far as he told me, so I was saying to myself, uh, my dad's always broke. I don't I don't want to be a teacher, <laughs> uh, but I wanted to be around the game of football. I love football, which helped change my life. And uh, my first job was in Memphis, Tennessee at, at Treadwell High School. And I started coaching. And once I got out there with the kids and I saw the need for mentorship and guidance that those young men needed, 
it sucked me in. Um, and I went on, uh, I went on from there to coach at several other uh, locations as a head football coach, athletic director. And it became a passion and it became a calling. And like I said, it, it sucked me in. Once you see that the, uh, the guidance that these young men and women need, uh, I mean, it's hard to walk away from it. And that's, that's what sucked me in. Um, currently, I'm at a, at a high school right now where I'm, a, uh, I'm the principal. And uh, when you get an opportunity to impact lives and change lives, uh, that's something that's special. Uh, that, that makes you smile when you can change the trajectory of a, of a student's life. So uh, education for me, man, uh, it, it's definitely a calling. Um, it's transitioning um, to be very challenging at this point with, with all we have going on in our country, but it's very rewarding and, and we need strong people to help lead and guide these kids. Right. So you mentioned that football um, actually helped change your life. Um, how so? I didn't value education. Now, my mother and father uh, preached education and, and uh, they valued education. Uh, they're both uh, college graduates. But as a as an elementary kid, I really didn't value education. I was I was making D's and F's um, and I was getting in quite a bit of trouble. And my mother and uh, mother and father put me on the uh, uh, elementary football team and I loved it. Once again, you know, I told you they took me to all the Jackson State football games and that really inspired me uh, to play. And once they saw that I liked it, they were like, well, if you want to play ball, those D's and F's got to go. Your grade's going to have to get better. And I wanted to play so bad that I started paying attention in class and I realized that I could do my work uh, academically and um, it became easy for me. And once once I began to engage uh, in, in the classroom and make better grades, um, I made up my mind that I was going to get a football scholarship. So uh, I, I changed my life to play football. <laughs> yeah. So how do you feel uh, football actually helped prepare you to be a, the professional that you are today? Man, football, man, you know, and sports in general, if you have the right coaches, it instills discipline in you, doing things when you don't want to do them. Uh, it, it instills work ethic in you. I, you know, I have a work ethic. Uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody has a better work ethic than me. Uh, if all it entails is work, then I'll work from sun up to sundown. Nobody will outwork me. Um, I got that from my football coaches. Uh, I, I will work. I don't mind working. I understand that hard work is necessary to accomplish everything. Um, but those, when I think about the, the characteristics, those things right there teach you, uh, I mean, work ethic and discipline, you can go a long way with them. It also teaches you how to be a good teammate. Uh, and you understand that you can't do things alone. Sometimes you need some help. And, um, and, and it teaches you a lot of loyalty and dedication. So, a lot of attributes that I have uh, in my professional career, I got them from sports. Now, you talked about earlier how uh, you're using your current position as a principal and as uh, when you were coaching, how you use those positions to mentor uh, youth. Who are some of the people that mentor you through your uh, academic experience at Alcorn? 
I can remember, and I, I'll start with him, Dr. Abram Dunbar. And um, he, he was an anatomy and physiology teacher. And, uh, you know, when I, when I got to Alcorn, once you start playing football and you pledge and all those types of things, you think you don't really have to go to class on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, I was off track there a little bit. And he said, Mr. Jones, you're a great football player. I like playing. I, I like coming to watch you play on Saturday. He says, but my wife has never been more mad at me uh, when I told my son at midterm that he needed to drop my class or he was going to receive an M. So I said to myself, oh, so Dr. Dunbar is telling me if I fail my son, I'll fail you. Right. So he had high expectations for me and he would not accept anything less than my best. Every day that I came in that class, he was going to ask me questions. And I got to the point um, that Dr. Dunbar will not call my name and I can't answer these questions anymore. And he held me to a higher standard. Uh, he had high expectations for me. I can reflect back on uh, Cardell Jones, the head football coach. Um, I passed a class in the gymnasium one day and he was up teaching class and he had one student in the class. And I'm saying, man, coach should have just dismissed that class and let that kid go on. But he had, a, you know, he had some high standards. He had a standard of excellence. If one person showed up, he was going to teach. Um, I, I, I look back on my position coach, Coach Tony Woolfolk. Um, You know, he always he was an exemplar because he always talked about, you know, advanced degrees. He had like two master's degrees at that time. So that really instilled the value early for me that education was the way out. And uh, when I look back on those three guys, uh, they, they set a precedence that education was important and uh, that, that you needed to work at all times and work hard. So tell me about your decision to go into education and coaching. Uh, you mentioned earlier that that was not initially part of your, your plan. So when did you decide that that was going to be your calling and, you know, to be able to impact the lives of so many other young people? Well, my dad was telling me uh, I was getting uh, getting my degrees. He said, man, you need to get you some education courses. So I did that. So when I graduated from grad school, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, gave me a call uh, about teaching. And uh, once once I went out there and I got with those kids that first year, I was hooked. Uh, and I went on from there. Uh, and, you know, as coaches, we always we, we always have a mindset. I want to win a state championship. I want to win championships. Right. And, you know, uh, you know, uh, God, God uses you to accomplish his task. I, I'm out there trying to win championships. But at the same time, you know, as I look back over it, I won a lot of life ships. And when I talk about life ships, I changed a lot of kids lives with that game of football and still in discipline and work ethic and telling them how valuable education was and how important it was to have good character. Um, so after that first year, uh, it, I, I was hooked. And that, those first 10 years went by fast and I looked up. I think uh, I stopped coaching it after about 20 years and went into administration. Uh, but after the first year I was, I was gone, I was done. So during your time as a coach, as well as in the education uh, profession, are there any stories that stand out in your mind that you could share with us where you have been able to see the impact of your work on a child's life? 
Oh, man, I, we'd be here all day if I talked about all the stories. <laughs> uh, one of the things uh, that, that I always prided myself in with my football players, you know, was that that they took academics serious. You know, I, I, I hated to see coaches use student athletes up for their talent and they got nothing out of the deal. You know, I, I wanted to have a mutualistic relationship, meaning that I was going to benefit as well as the student athlete was going to benefit. Um, I can remember one one student athlete and I won't call his name. Um, he was a foster kid and he he told me he ended up signing a um, football scholarship, ended up getting a master's degree um, out of the deal, out of uh, playing football. But he said, coach, I never thought that I could go to college until you said that I could. I never imagined going to college. And that young man is living a good life, a productive life. And you, you think about this, uh, D, uh, if I have no intentions of going to college and I don't think I can do something and I don't do it, how different can my life be? Uh, you know, I, and when I was keeping count, I, I had over 150 kids sign football scholarships. And if, if kids can educate themselves, their, their whole worlds can change. And I had a, I had a, quite a few of them. And I prided myself in making sure that they took academic series and they understood what good character meant and why it was important to exhibit. So now that you're in the on the administration side, uh, you've kind of walked away from uh, coaching, correct? Yes. And so, well, kind of. You, you, you really, do you really never stop being a coach? It just transitions on the people that you're coaching. Gotcha. Uh, you're still coaching kids, but and then it transitions that you're coaching adults in order to help the kids. Right. So I'm, I'm really still a coach. I may have a different title, but I'm still coaching. I think that's a lifelong thing. Understood. So tell me about the decision to transition from, you know, uh, being a coach of the actual youth to going into administration where now you have to uh, coach the adults uh, under you so that they can have the impacts uh, that you're trying to achieve on the kids. Well, I, te- I, I tell you uh, what, what took place. Uh, I was I, I got kind of tired of coaching, and I, and I felt like it was time to move on. I had an opportunity to coach my own son, and, and I said after that that I was going to transition into administration. Um, I had an opportunity to work with my teammate as his assistant principal at uh, Cahoma Junior Senior uh, High School in, uh, in Cahoma County. Uh, Lynn Lang, he was my teammate at Alcorn. And I worked with him uh, for two years. And once again, I had no intent on doing that, but he offered me a job and I went over there with him. At that point, Dr. Tiffany Hardrick, the superintendent, the current superintendent at Forest City High School, uh, well, Forest City School District, reached out to me and asked me would I be interested in an opportunity, uh, a career opportunity. And I spoke with her and uh, she ended up offering me the job. And uh, here I am. Um, and from the from the principal seat, you don't realize how much influence that you have on kids' lives. And, and the biggest thing is, it is my responsibility to ensure that teaching and learning is going on, regardless of the community that we live in. And when I'm saying the community, you know, you have your suburban schools, and, and you know, uh, and, and you have your your schools in your impoverished area. And, and we're in an impoverished area where I am. Sometimes people think 
that they can go in there and not do their job there. Uh, and they, as if uh, those kids don't deserve to be taught. Uh, you have to create an environment and ensure that it's a safe environment. You know, that's, that's my responsibility to make sure that the environment is safe, that teaching and learning can occur. So, um, and once again, once I get into things and I get hooked and I see a need, I saw a need for myself making that environment safe. I, I saw a need for me making sure that these teachers have the best uh, best practices or strategies to make sure that my children are being taught. So um, this journey has been a good one. And, and, and I sleep good at night knowing that I, I'm living out my call. Well, I, I don't think we could have uh, ended the show on a, a better note. Uh, very expi- you know, inspiring uh, journey that you that you have been on. And then you made a very important uh, point, man. When you get the opportunity to impact lives, I don't think there's no uh, more fulfilling uh, feeling in the in the world. Uh, so before you go, I do want to, number one, thank you for taking the time out your schedule to be on the show. And number two, I want to present you with our HBCU. Lifetime Achievement Award oh, wow. for your commitment to historically black Whoa. colleges and universities and for all the great work that you've done to impact lives of the children that you have uh, had the privilege of serving. And so thank you so much for being on the program. And to my viewers, I want to thank you for watching this episode of HBCU. And remember, without you, there's no me.